0: Internet, I've seen good and you ain't it. My name is Matthew Kroll. And who is you, man? My name is Shahir Dowd. And this is the only podcast about movies,
1: specifically the film moonlight but this isn't just a, a normal
0: episode we're recording from a very special location where are we matt we are in rotterdam the for, netherlands but the netherlands uh, for work that's why it sounds like we're in a hotel room we're actually doing this on facebook live as well we are in a hotel room and that's why it sounds like uh, it and so look at the beautiful netherlands the netherlands right here our view is not good so <laughs> we just decided but to- that's how much we love our
1: fans can we call them fans now? Yeah, we sure, can't call them not? fans. Is that we we are out on work. It's late at night. We've just come back from a full day. It's not just because we love our fans as well. It's because we. Re- I personally really wanted to talk about this movie.
0: I mean, I did too. I, however, have not slept in 30 hours. <laughs> so this review might not be my clearest, but it's going to have a lot of heart. Uh, this may, I think from both of us, be an incoherent review.
1: But uh, but I want to preface this by saying it's incoherent babbling. <laughs> I want to preface
0: this by saying it's not worth your time. <laughs> Don't listen to these people on no sleep in a foreign land. Uh,
1: incoherent babbling, but mainly because my incoherent babbling is going to be heaping praise upon this film which oh, I, spoiler, I, spoiler alert for my my review of this movie but did, matt do you have you got a synopsis of the movie you can kind of fill us in on
0: i sure do i'm gonna lean forward here it's gonna say something like this is from imdb okay great uh a timeless story of human connection and self-discovery moonlight chronicles the life of a young black man from childhood to adulthood as he struggles to find his place in the world while growing up in a rough neighborhood of miami Fair that enough.
1: Kind of covers it. It kind of covers. And this is the thing: the 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 hyperbole around the reviews for this film make that first line a timeless story of human connection. Sure. So, you know, like that. Ordinarily, you could you could attach that kind of line to almost any any film, and you would be probably wrong. But I I'm just going to go out and say that 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 is an apt apt description of how this movie feels.
0: It's not bad. Really. Uh, oh. Okay. I don't know. I mean no I like no don't get me wrong. I really like the movie. I'm saying the 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 description You know what you know what it is though it's it's not wrong but it's cold. Really? This movie has a lot of feeling to it and the description to me sounds very clinical. Like boy has feelings, grows up, times are hard. Oh, I guess I was just
1: referring to the timeless connection part because I did feel that there is something effortlessly timeless about this movie. It is entirely um a film that feels like you could watch it at any point in history and it will and it will make sense and it'll be important. And I've and the thing that I think right now is that, you know, look, we are how many days away from an election? And it feels like we are in this we're in this period in American history where xenophobia racism um feelings of of um anger towards other people that are aren't in our political spectrum are all around us and and i the thing about this movie is this movie is such a beautiful testament to to love and to the and to and to the hu- you know it sounds che- I'm, I'm saying the kind of cheesy phrases that you hear in synopsis which is that it's a testament to the right. human spirit but it truly <laughs> truly is and it's and and the thing that i you know getting into my first impressions of the movie is is that i adore this film i think i think this film is going to be within my top five if not hitting the top two at this point point, of the year and i do think this might end up on my top films of all time wow High uh, praise. Really high. Like this is one of the few films where I walked out of it kind of in a daze, um, just kind of bewildered by what I'd just seen. And then the next day I was just thinking about it all day and go, and, and, and I really, I've only seen this once at this point, but I really want to see it again. Uh, I, I mean, you know, like immediately I want to see this movie. And, and every time I watch the trailer, I'm, I'm going, I just want to see this again. I want to experience this for a second time. Because I think it's such a an amazing experience.
0: Uh I agree. I mean I think I let's think let's throw some water on it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh no, you just poured some sugar on it. Uh no. The I think I, I don't disagree with anything you're saying. It's definitely one of my favorite films of the year. Probably not my top three. I'd maybe give it number five or something along those wow. lines. Um it's really it's really strong. Tons of stuff about it really sort of just it, it is. It's a very. It's a very human feeling film, and uh, I really appreciated that. It's basically uh, this is Boyhood, but not gimmicky and really good. Uh, <laughs> well, it is, my, it is gimmicky, but the gimmick works here. I don't think this is gimmicky. I just think this is good filmmaking. Boyhood. Now, I'm not saying the gimmick. It's the greatest. Boyhood is the greatest gimmick film ever made. Right. Like, I think it's it's from a from a. Uh, 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 a practicality sense of it. Like, Oh my God, this is amazing. You filmed it over this kid's entire life. This movie for those, for the uninitiated, basically it chronicles, uh, a young man through three periods of his life and it's not instead of played by the same actor like in boyhood they i think very aptly and correctly um forego that conclusion and actually have just three different actors play them and it's completely believable i feel like they're really all one person all three actors who play each age range are wonderful we'll talk about them in a bit um i liked it uh and i i think um in a very uh, overall, either lackluster or general.
1: Because when you saw it, you texted me right away and said it was wonderful. Yeah, yeah, and and you seem you seem to
0: have tempered your response a little bit now. What's changed? I don't. Uh, I, it's. I, let's put it this way. I definitely want to see it again. I think it's wonderful. I think the cinematography, the score is fucking nuts. Like it's the acting is wonderful. I want to see it again because it's one of those. I have I have a thing with like. If a movie's playing, not playing with, using my emotions for its gain, for its, you know, like Like that's every movie does, yeah, yeah, but like this one really does, and I want to see if it's a first-time experience thing or if it's something that can keep happening and find new things and new meaning. And I think, I think it can. Right. Right. So what like, for example, so this is
1: slightly off topic, but a correlating movie for me like this is gravity, which I think gravity is a very, is an excellent movie, but it's one where I don't feel like repeat viewings give me any more,
0: more out of it. Right. you is got, that, you got the price of admission, got your, you got your hit and now you're moving on. Like right, there's no, yeah. and I, I honestly think this movie has multiple viewings in it. I yeah. just want to, my gut says that. Right. But I don't, but then again, I, it's not the same as say a film, and I, I know we always go back to it because fuck it, we always go back to it. But Mad Max, like Mad Max, I was like when it finished, I was like, play it again, right, right. So uh,
1: I, oddly, this is a movie like that for me, where I where it finished, and I was like, I needed a minute to process what it what I'd just seen. Sure, but immediately after that minute, I was like, I need to see this again, right? Um, and yeah, it is. You know, look, it, it is interesting that that you know, the film is, ga- is is garnering so much praise and people are talking about it right now, but it is sad because it's not it's not actually doing that well at the box office and it, and to me the thing about it is 2.1 million as of time of recording uh, from a 5 million dollar budget. And mm. then the thing is, you know, like uh, the thing that I was thinking about was that in the period of a of our culture that we're living in, particularly in America, this is a movie that I feel everyone needs to see I think everyone from every culture every demographic needs to see this movie because it is a true testament to again to love which I think is really important but but also to 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 being an outsider and to empathy I think this movie is just beautifully empathetic um, and that's that's its entire reason for being is to is to empathize with someone who, whom life has heaped terrible atrocities upon,
0: right? And I think if any film can do that, it's this one. I do think if I want to play devil's advocate for that whole thing, like I would love everyone to see this movie, but I guarantee you, the people that need the message the most aren't going to listen to it. You only need to look at the uh, at the YouTube page comments for this for the oh, trailer fuck of this. that fucking wretched hive of <laughs> scum and villainy
1: <laughs> to to see where some people may not get into this. But I do, I just, I fundamentally believe that if you if you sit down to watch this movie with an open heart. Um, even if you're not a film, a cineast, if you're not a person who loves
0: cinema, if you never use the word (laughs) cineast, cineast,
1: if I'm not, unless you're, unless you're starting that with Gary, (laughs) okay. Gary Sinise. Okay. it's close
0: it's close yeah we'll we'll run with it um speaking of run with it we forgot something very important shahir we're talking we're heaping praise on this film when we should be at least in the beginning of this whole thing be heaping praise on ourselves wow well, well you know like there's never
1: never a non-opportunity to talk about ourselves we, us being the only podcast about movies we should do our only podcast review about our review we actually do that every year i anyway. mean yeah we do basically we do it every year
0: but um no if you guys like what you hear you're you know overall not just this one or maybe just this one uh you can reach us at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com we also have a fantastic website of the same name onlymoviepodcast.com you just said that
1: because you built it
0: I, I, squarespace <laughs> Look, it built is a it. Great, it i, is I a great plugged the template into squarespace <laughs> and uh yeah th- yeah This is the <laughs> house that squarespace built uh you can also reach us on twitter at onlymoviepod and uh if you like what you hear, please uh, go to iTunes. Anyone watching on Facebook Live right now, just you're on on your computer, go to iTunes. Is anyone commenting? PJ Morrison. Apparently, I make you hard. That's what you just (laughs) said in the chat. So if I make you that hard, PJ, I love you. Go to the comments and write five stars. Matt makes me hard on this podcast. Uh, I would really appreciate it. And everyone else, you don't have to write that specifically, but let's just I I think our our iTunes page is going to get a little awkward. uh, I I hope so. (laughs) Anyway, uh, sorry, that was a tangent. Back to let's talk about uh let's talk about the director a little bit barry jenkins yep and you got to see him in a live screening yes uh he was there at the pga screening of the film and uh he was a delight he was very smart and i always like it when i like the person who made the movie i mean obviously that's a that's i i like peanut butter and jelly but like like it's very base of course you like something that you like but it it actually um Even, okay, let's put it this way. I could see a film this strong and this powerful having a creator be a total sort of like full of themselves sort of diva ish type person (laughs) the way you talk about me sometimes right you could have (laughs) well but like a personality type like you could have made this film he was so humble and so just loved his the product that he made and all the people that he worked with it was just really nice to sort of experience that in the room with him and he was talking about how because i guess it's based on the play uh yeah was it it? in moonlight in moonlight Black, Black boys, boys look, look blue. blue? Yeah, uh, it's by, a, which is an unproduced play by Terrell play. Alvin.
1: It's an unproduced play. Right. So it never. In fact, uh, I was reading an interview with uh, Terrell and and Barry Jenkins where they talked about the fact the play never got written. It was yeah. basically a, an outline for an idea for a play yeah no i think
0: i think there was a script are you sure there wasn't i because no, the, there was no there was no play barry jenkins wrote the script wrote the script for yeah. the play
1: but they never put the play no no, on. no, he wrote the script for the film there wasn't there was, was there no a book play then too because they, what they
0: mentioned was they mentioned certain things from the original play that right. they, they didn't put or, or that the film added to like there's a scene later on where he confronts his mother um one of the, the main character of the film uh Confronts his mother. That wasn't in the play, right? So I thought it was more complete than that. But I could be absolutely wrong. I mean, the impression I got from what I was reading was that the play was
1: very unformed. Okay, um, but, fair enough. Uh, which, which, which I think is 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 actually an interesting point because I think if the play had been formed and it had been put on stage, you know, like the play would have informed what the film became. And in this case, it certainly feels like the director took the, the kernel of this idea sure. and just ran with it in his own, in his own way and, and came up with something entirely unique. And the, the, the other thing is, is that um, the writer uh, Terrell Alvin McCraney and Barry Jenkins came from the same neighborhood. Right. So they though, though they didn't know each other growing up or anything like that, the thing that uh, Terrell was talking about that he was so impressed by was that Barry, managed to capture the essence of what it was like to live in that neighborhood. And of course that's because he was from that neighborhood. But I think, I think, you know, like taking a story like this and planting it in your own neighborhood makes it feel personal. Like it does feel intimate and personal when you watch this movie. Right. Um, which, which again, I think is, you know, why people should go and see this as well. I did the other, you know, the other thing is it, it reminded me of what great cinema is, you know, that, that's, I've been struggling a little bit recently because because I'm having more emotionally resonant moments with TV. You know, I'm finding TV a little mm. bit more engaging these days, but this is because this film used the cinematic, you know, like the two hour window that you get in a the film theater. Sure. So in a film per- theater? Yeah. In a film theater. Uh, a so motion picture movie film? A motion picture, you know, a movieograph. Right. <laughs> so beautifully that it really, it reminded <laughs> me that, that, that how different film is to TV, you know, like to, to, to what episodic television does. Sure. Uh, film is entirely in, in a way film is, is kind of like a brushstroke painting. Whereas, uh, TV is kind of more like a novel. Unless you're talking about the MC you
0: or the dcu at this point well
1: no see those are like alex ross covers you
0: know what i mean but but th- they the point is you're talking about a film is like a, a one-off painting whereas a, th- a tv show is like a sequence and they're they're connecting them all especially right. with dr strange uh which we'll be doing next week uh by the way so everybody
1: <laughs> tune in then Right, all right. All right, moving on. But then Okay, so so, so what, what what did you learn from the from the from the screening that you went along to?
0: Um no, I just I just learned that <laughs> it was definitely <laughs> Again, this sounds fucking awful, but the you go to some of these screenings and, and these people sit in front of you, not this particular one, but other screenings I've been to, and they're just like, oh, everyone, it was such a great process. It was a labor of love. Right. Uh, we, You know, it just it, they couldn't have done it without these people and blah, 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 blah. And you can tell when someone is being genuine and you can tell when they're giving you the, like, please see our movie. This is all people, you know, like yeah. blah, blah, blah. But this group of people and the director, Barry in particular, was just so earnest and and relatable and and a great speaker and able to sort of cut through a lot of different things that the you know the audience any questions they had or anything like that
1: it's it's you know we've both been to screenings like that with the director in person and and it's interesting because those kinds of screenings are the optimal way to watch a film to, right. to, to get you to like a movie yep. even if a movie you know like if a movie's like good in your opinion with the director in person and hearing about how it was made it suddenly takes on a different you know it gets basically at least 10 to 15 extra points sure you know because of the way in which you're watching the film right Um, but okay. But so you saw it in the sitting, you, you texted me afterwards saying you loved it. And and this is the thing I was really worried about as well is that everyone- Because I liked it. You thought I'd hate it? Because you liked it. I thought I might hate it. (laughs) No, no, no. But then everyone's kind of been messaging me about this movie and, and the hype has been so like, you have to see this Well, movie. it just you seems hate.
0: like your kind of move. I don't yeah. know. It just seems like a but, you know, like I a was kind of like, special.
1: I was kind of like worried that I was going to walk into it and be disappointed because the hype was so high. The hype is real. But the thing is, is that this ex, this is the hype is entirely deserved in this case, in sure. my opinion. And and the film exceeds that hype um, by a manifold of 10 or, or whatever. Right. Um, it is it is an extraordinary experience. But but so you, you saw it in the theater um, well, I mean, generally what are the things that, and here's an interesting, this little side note, we have been meaning so no. to do an episode about boyhood. We've been, uh, we've, uh, we've had boyhood requested to us for our, for our yeah, uh, thanks. classic <laughs> film movies, thanks. which we're, thanks I'm, a bunch. I'm actually interested to rewatch that movie. But the interesting thing is, is that boyhood Oscar winner, recent, uh, inductee into the greatest movies of all time list by the BFI, I believe, um, is not a film either of us loved that much right um spoiler for that review um and this uh, you know like so so the difficult thing about doing that review is we've been wanting we've been we've been trying to get guests on for it um and we hopefully will have a special guest on for that i want to find
0: someone that loves that movie if you love and, that and movie think, you
1: write us in but i don't think i don't think it'll be hard to find people that love that movie because it is it is such a praised upon movie and it's not i admire that movie but i'm, I'm not a particular fan of that and we'll talk about that in that episode but this film, for you. Seemed to take on the qualities that you were looking for in boyhood. Right. Is that, is that right? Yeah. Is that fair?
0: It just seemed, it seemed like a, a true to life, emotional journey mm-hmm. of a man growing up in a tough situation. Right. Uh, and boyhood felt like a, oh boy like a boring (laughs) like milk toast gimmick and again it's i i i shit on it but then i'm like but the 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 technical acumen and the patience and the craft that it takes to make boyhood is insane and should be praised i just don't think beyond that it doesn't like i guess here's what here's what i would call it like if you know like cakes right let's let's talk about let's talk about cake okay um, I, can t- I can talk about cake so like you We're know sometimes the ocean though. no no oh, okay. no, no, <laughs> no no that's, no, no, that's no. not
1: till after hours all right this um, couch is gonna get very uncomfortable like so
0: <laughs> <laughs> but like you know how like there's you can you, you you get a cake and you know a lot of you don't want it to you want it to look good and taste good Right, but then there's people that you know can you just make a, it looks like a bland cake, but tastes amazing. And then there's like the crazy like cake boss or cake challenge cakes that probably don't taste that great, but looks like a fucking roller coaster set in like the Prohibition era. Like it, it's this. Do you know what I mean? Like so, <laughs> I'm waiting for you to bring this home. So, Boyhood, <laughs> Boyhood is that Prohibition era roller coaster cake. It looks amazing, like and, and the skill that it must have taken to make that Boyhood cake. The Prohibition roller uh, I just coaster go with cake. It, go with Going. <laughs> but like probably on the inside it's all toothpicks and like rice krispie treat to make it into that shit like it just uh, there's no filling to it it's just something that's that looks incredibly pretty and you can marvel at the technical acumen that it took people to make it whereas this film whereas moonlight is concerned it kind of does both right but it does it without gimmick and it does it without throwing the, the just the idea like the movie is about the the movie came about because it's a wonderful story about a, a man, a boy growing into a man and the trials and tribulations that he goes through. And it's also boyhood, a very specific story. Boyhood came out because they're like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we could follow a kid the entire way through his life?
1: I think I think it's being a little unfair to boyhood, even though I'm not i I'm not That's fa- fine. I'm not a fan of boyhood, but I think I think the boyhood comparison is a good gateway to, for, for us to discuss why we like this film, in that I think in boyhood the the technique of filming someone over the course of their life or filming it over 12 years or whatever they seven. did for uh, was it seven years i believe so no it was okay. i'm pretty sure it was We're, seven years well we'll get into the boyhood review we can argue i'm 26 sure yeah. it was seven years um the 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 technique and, and if you want to call it the gimmick of boyhood Seems to supersede the actual film itself. Like the film, to me, left me feeling a little cold. That's what I'm saying. And here, the technique is they've kind of technique is great filmmaking. Yeah, they've kind of stripped away the the sort of um, performance side of it, where they're using the same actor over a course of his over his, his life. Sure. And instead, they're using three separate actors. To tell this character's life through three three different periods of their of their life, so not not like Boyhood, which goes through you know many many years, right? Um, and the thing is, is the story it is so specific. So obviously, uh, one of the things we, have I guess, haven't danced. We've maybe danced around, but maybe because dance, I, I don't think it's it's weird to say this, and it's weird to kind of talk about it this soon, but because I think it's reductive in some way to say this is a film about a gay man, and it's a it's it's a gay issues kind of film. But I, th- I, I just want to say that and then say that that is not entirely that, that almost is incidental to it's the film. It's coming of age, whatever
0: yeah. person you are, yeah. as you come of age, that's, and, and that's not it's to take away from anyone who can tie into the aspects of the, of that film, of the yeah. film that, 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 that harks that like that talks yeah. to, but like at the same time, this could be, it could be any, it's, it's anybody growing up in difficult situations and it's, and yeah, anyone, anyone can up, relate to it. It's anyone not growing
1: up and finding love. And, but the thing is, is obviously because, you know, like it's such a specific minority group, which, are, you know, I think that it's been well documented that, that, that gay black men are a minority among a minority. And so they have an even harder time, you know, like finding, I see t- that, yeah. finding, finding a community. Um, I know that's kind of broad strokes and we don't want to suggest, you know, like that we know everything about this topic because clearly we do not. Um, But, but the thing is, is that, you know, like you could come at this and say that this is (sighs) gay black boyhood, I guess is, you know, like one way to, to be reductive about it. But I don't think it is. is, Yeah, it's not. And that's, that's the point is that is a entirely reductive way to discuss the film because it's entire, that it's, it's purely coincidental that those factors are in the film it's, right. it's it's much more a testament to to how beautiful love can be and how beautiful finding
0: love can be um and, and how heartbreaking it can be when and how it changes your life when it doesn't go your way when when things yeah. go to shit uh and when people let you down like there's a whole it's things packed it's a, it's a packed fucking film
1: i mean there were you know the thing about this movie is that the performances and the writing are so good that there were little moments that nearly brought me to tears. And there were moments that I don't think were designed to bring you to tears, but they kind of, they, they lift me like the, the, the emotional weight of what was happening in this film and the emotional weight of being, of connecting to this one character Chiron throughout throughout his entire life was so, it was so well executed that, that the tiniest glimmers of like light that entered into his life were just kind of they would leave me weeping And there's this one moment in particular i want to talk to when we uh, we're going to do a, like a breakdown of the movie oh yeah from, we are uh, from, in three
0: chapters <laughs>
1: in three chapters there's a moment in the second chapter that just kind of brought me to tears again even though i don't believe it was meant to um, which I thought was kind of, you know, like, and that, that's more of a reflection of me than the filmmaker, uh, th- than the filming, you know, than the film itself, because I think I was so absorbed and wrapped up in just the, the kind of world of this movie that, that, right. that, that little moments really profoundly affected me.
0: I so. mean, I don't disagree. I, 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 think, I do think it's a, well, I think it's, I think those moments exist Uh, but I mean, yes, maybe by accident, but (laughs) it's because of all of the wonderful craftsmanship that sort of surrounds those moments that the bridge work would obviously be just as good. Right. Uh, Anyway, so this movie is actually broken up into three chapters of, uh, Sharon's life, right, and, um, they're,
1: and they're labeled. And they're by- labeled
0: based off his his nickname, his real name, then his nec- next nickname. So the first is when he's nine years old, and his nickname is Little, right, um, and that sort of gets it lays the groundwork. Now, Little Little Sharon is played by. Let me see if I can find this. Alex R Hibbert, and he is astonishing. He's so good. So this kid, uh it's basically. So it takes place in Miami. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this kid gets picked on. He has one friend named Kevin. Right. Uh, who, uh, sort of like you know, this, I'm trying to remember the sort of scene in, they, all the kids are playing outside.
1: Yeah. They, they play football and and there's obviously Kevin has, uh, Chiron is clearly the kid, you know, he, we all know this kid. There's one kid that always. Is a slight outsider. Is a slight oddball, um, and is always picked on. Sure. And and Chiron has one friend, one friend who can see past all of that, and that's his his be- Well, it's not his best friend, but it's a, it's friend, a friend named, <laughs> named Kevin. Um, and he's befriended by a, a, a drug dealer. Well, yeah. So this <laughs> is the side thing. So he. Well, actually, how, is how the film begins. Right. Um, in an in an incredible opening shot by the way Right. that single take wrapping around uh the drug deal as it's happening is, His name is
0: Juan. Yeah, he's uh, played
1: by Mashallah Ali. Yep, who uh, was having a uh, dope as fuck year. Uh, I just, I mean he was a, he's amazing in House of Cards. He's amazing in
0: House of Cards. He was also in Luke Cage. He's awesome kind of my Luke favorite Cage. character in
1: House of Cards.
0: Yeah, you know, he's one of my favorite he, he was my favorite uh his first favorite first or second in Luke Cage. And he's 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 great. He's
1: so good in this movie. I I don't think he, he's one of those actors who, who just has so much charisma and charm that like, he doesn't need to do a lot. Um, And I don't think he, it's weird because I don't think he, he does anything especially uh, great in this film. Although it is quite a departure from what you might've seen him in House of Cards. Sure. It's, you know, like he, he's playing a classic drug dealer uh, in this film with a heart of gold. But he, you know, but like you can see when he's with this kid that he does have a genuine high That's what I'm saying. He loves this kid. And and it, it's weird because you're not sure how this relationship is
0: going to go, you know, like to begin with, oh, you're really worried that right. he's so going to do something How they to this meet, kid. how they meet is basically the, the neighborhood kids chase okay. little. Yeah. And he hides in like this crack house basically. Yeah. And, uh, in comes, uh, Juan. Yeah. And he's like, what are you doing in here? Like. You know, the thing is, any where do you live? And the kid won't tell him where he lives. Yeah. And, and so, then so he's for the night because it's getting late. He takes him back home uh, uh, to his gr- with his girlfriend, to his girlfriend, Teresa, played uh, by Teresa, by J- Janelle Monet. Janelle Monet. Holy uh, shit. High, <laughs> high triple threat. okay i mean look she's such a fucking show showman show person i don't know whatever and a a great an amazing entertainer and musician that this did not shock me but it took me a while I'm like that woman looks very familiar because she she didn't have like the crazy cool hair tightrope was a tightrope she has a ton of them but like she's been in like she's in like pepsi commercials and like she's all over the damn place and then to see her so sort of restrained but still a very powerful character in this film uh it was very very cool and then so what is
1: interesting about this in this scene, you know, like there's this there's obviously this immediate dramatic tension in this right. in the fact that there's this drug dealer picking up this like 10-year-old kid and taking him back to his house. And you're kind of wondering, Where's wh- this gonna Which go? way is this gonna go? And I was kind of just waiting, you know, I was kind of dreading this moment for so long, like where is this gonna where's the line gonna go? Sure. But the thing is, is that Teresa and Juan look after this kid so well and their home is such a A refuge from his actual home. Right,
0: which we then learn about the next day.
1: His actual home uh, is with his mother, Naomi Harris, Paula, uh, who uh, is, we later reveal throughout the film, uh,
0: has a drug problem. She um, also buys from Juan, Yeah. <laughs> which buy- ties the whole thing together in a very uncomfortable bow. Yeah. And, and that's the
1: kind of, you know, but again, that's not a, it's not a huge story revelation. It's not a big moment or anything like that, but it is, it's this moment of tension, which is that Juan becomes a father figure to this boy while kind of you know, destroying, destroying his mother's mother-
0: life. Although once he finds out that the mother is... Little's mother. He says he'll stop selling to her.
1: Right. I mean, it doesn't.
0: Not that that does anything, but that, it. You know,
1: it doesn't do anything. But then, you know, like Juan takes it upon himself to like, you know, like check in on the kid, look mm-hmm. after him, and you kind again, you're just worried. Is he grooming him for either to be a dr- potential drug dealer or or for something much more nefarious? Um, I don't know, man. I didn't have that feeling. I as the film went along, obviously that feeling dissipates. From the he, moment he
0: took him home and met, you don't think that's weird taking home? And it's team. very weird. But what are you gonna? What are you gonna do if the kid won't tell you where he is? You're gonna and you found him in a fucking crack den. What are you going to do? You just gonna take fix, him to the say, cops. He can't take him to the cops. Well,
1: I mean, yeah, but you, you you see what I'm saying? The optics of that of taking a child.
0: But I think uh, yes, okay, yes, hundred percent. Until he brings him home and Teresa's there, and it sort of levels the, it levels even, the whole thing. Even
1: out. even with Teresa being there, I was still kind of uneasy with yeah, where was was going. I just, I, the, and
0: then obviously as it goes on, I think the way that they played it and the way the acting was done, I think they, uh, I think it it transcended that. Beyond and the, and that's
1: and the, and that's what I mean. I think uh, Mahashala Ali is just—he's so warm and charismatic and good, you know—in the film that 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 you kind of get past all of that. Right. And it's and it's you know, like if there's a beautiful scene where he teaches him how to swim. Yes, and he holds him in the water. It's in the trailer. If you go see the trailer, and it's just this beautiful. It's one of those. It's the first among many moments where. When I think about that moment it's almost as though I'm experiencing that moment in history you know like like I'm imagining what Chiron would be thinking about that moment when it happened and I think even the first time he sees Juan you know where Juan busts in through the uh breaks in through the crack doors window mm-hmm. uh, the crack house window I think older Chiron would th- would would think back to that moment as this powerful Emotionally risen moment. Here's this person busting through this door, and he's there to help me. You know, like I just sure. I I, I that that's the kind of level that this film operated on for me. You know, like where every image took on. Some power. And and just, you know, as an aside, the movie is just gorgeous to yeah. look at.
0: the uh, It's stupid. The, You're going to get sick of looking at how pretty it is.
1: Yeah, it is ridiculously pretty. um And, uh, you know, like, please go see it in a theater. How the, many tabs do you have open? I, I open a lot of tabs and I look at a oh lot of things. Oh my thing.
0: God, dear listeners, you can't see this, <laughs> but I'm peering. I never We're never sitting next to each other. Right now, for those of you <laughs> not watching on Facebook Live, we're sitting next I to each other. I am an abuser of the tab system. Normally, we sit across a desk from one another. <laughs> (laughs) that's fucking insane close some fucking tabs (laughs) dude so i i I have this tab open because
1: i wanted to remember the dp's name his name is james laxton there's
0: not as many people that worked on this movie
1: as you have tabs (laughs) open but he did such a beautiful job of shooting this movie did Uh, he do youth uh he the short film youth damn it i saw
0: youth and i got real excited
1: not the youth that you're thinking of uh, he also shot Tusk. He shot movie. Yoga Hosers. That's fine. Far- so he's yeah, a Kevin he shot Smith K- guy. K- Kevin Smith's movie. Wow. Um, which is odd because wow. Kevin Smith is yeah, wow. Do shoot it's, any Owen Wilson movies? No. Wow. No. Uh, but it's it's funny because Kevin Smith's movies, not in a pejorative way, but aren't known for their beauty. No. Oh, wow. They're kind of they're kind of flat looking, and be- and Moonlight is not that. Moonlight is this gorgeous anamorphic. Um, color-drenched, you know, film. Uh, that that paints this. You know, it's, it's almost painterly. Um, <laughs> it is. I I truly. I just bl- like
0: you and your accent saying the word painterly. Paint.
1: Or what does it sound like to you?
0: Painterly. No, I don't even know. That's uh, again. That's you.
1: Uh, <laughs> painterly. I, I would look. I think this is the best-looking movie I've seen this year. Ooh, ooh. Um, without a doubt, I I would struggle to remember. A
0: film this year that struck me as how beautiful this was it depends on these I I don't know if I can say that off the top of my head right uh yeah I don't want to like sit here and be like and think about it so but I I'm not going to uh agree right away on that okay so it's a it's but it's gorgeous it's 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 fucking gorgeous looking movie um Um, achingly gorgeous (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah um but no, kudos to him. He did a fucking phenomenal job. And again, I know we, we keep mentioning it in passing, but the score, and you hear some of the score in the uh, yeah, it's beautiful. in the trailer is fucking powerful it's and, very good and i've already chosen the song we're going to go
1: out on because it appeared in the film and and why and, else you why else did you do it because it was the song that my wife and i danced to at our wedding it was our oh, first. oh man guys <laughs> the
0: only podcast listeners do you feel the corruption here this is why she loves the movie so much <laughs> why don't we why don't we dig through his emails why don't we dig through your emails and see and that way we know how corrupt you are. How corrupt? Oh, oh God! Do are pulling another election? Uh, election? Correlation it's my there. first
1: and only. Um, the I mean I the so the the song that we're gonna go out in this podcast on because I think it's a beautiful song as well is uh, "Kukuruku ku Paloma." By Chitano Valencio. Uh, Valencio. Ooh, That's pretty close. Um, the the reason I love that song is it first appeared in a Wonka Wonka Why movie, which I think. Oh, uh, my friend
0: Court Dunn just fucking jizzed all over his pants. He's a huge Wonka Why fan.
1: Who isn't a fan of Wonka Y. And um, this film, I think, bears a strong relationship to Wonka Wise Film Happy Together which featured that same song in its opening titles. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if Barry Jenkins is a fan of Wonka why. It certainly uh, they're it, though not stylistically similar, I think there are some emotional tones uh in the way that characters develop over time that I think is true to w- what Wonka Y does. Okay. Um but that's why I love it. That's Wonka why? That's Wonka Y And that's Wonka why you think that? That's one car why I think that <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I'm sorry. So for 31 listen, hours. Yeah.
0: 31 hours. I've been awake for Facebook listen, for Facebook viewers. This is this is what I got to put up with. I'm very punny tonight. <laughs> it's how it has to be. So let's get to chapter punny human. two. <laughs> punny human. Wow. See, and now I got Shahir <laughs> doing a pun about puns in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's trained. I might as well put a treat right on your nose. It's wonderful. Can you feel the condescension, (laughs) like, thicken through the room at this moment?
1: Okay, we got off off the movie a little bit. Chapter two. Chapter two. Chiron. uh, Chiron, who's now known as... Chiron. Chiron. Okay, this is his his actual name. Mm -hmm. Uh, A new actor plays him. An actor... Ashton uh, Sanders. Ashton Sanders, who, again, just the transformation because everything you can see the psychological shift that happened between the periods of of time that have passed right just through the actors so now he's what he's probably
0: 15 15, 16 something he's a teenager and And uh, it's painful it's painful how much it reminds you like you can be a different kid yeah and you'll have a problem here and there but you're still like a kid so it's like it's fine yeah something like at the end of the day but then this like when you're a teenager and you're different it's fucking hard it's really tough and and the thing is,
1: is this kid looks like a strong wind will blow him over yeah he's, you know, starting, like yeah he's very frail looking um but these he's obviously there's again there's there's still this like soul behind his eyes kind of thing that that you feel the presence even if it's an entirely different
0: actor you feel the the presence of the same character um it's very it's, impressive how The performances really portray the same character. It's and I know it's it's like silly. Like we've all seen movies where like it's the young person, then the old version. Like this is so much bigger than that. Like this feels legitimately real. Like it feels, even though you know from a technical standpoint, these are not the same people. It feels real. Yeah, and so what this chapter is entirely
1: about is is Kevin uh, uh, Sharon is basically yeah. this is the thing. It's it's kind of a cliché. He's basically being um you know terrorized by bullies in, the, in 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 class. But it the way I'm describing it feels entirely uh inauthentic to how authentic the actual experience is. Right. It feels very real. It feels threatening. It's it's dangerous. And then uh, there's this moment of respite from from Kevin. You know his his younger friend, right? Who who basically. Has this beautiful again, just gorgeously filmed intimate moment where Kev, you know, like uh, Chiron, uh, um has been has basically run away from home. He's being or, tormented. He's, he's being tormented. Oh, he, side note, he, he Juan is dead. Him. Yeah, Juan, Juan, dies, Juan just Juan just kind of passes,
0: dies off screen. Dies off screen. We don't hear. And they, but they he's still close to Teresa.
1: Yeah, he, we don't talk about why why Juan died, but we can just you know we can just presume he's a drug dealer things went wrong whatever he's dead now whatever Um, and and so to re you know uh Uh, Chiron is still basically seeing uh, going to Teresa's house when he's trying to take refuge from his mother. Who's who's, gotten much worse. Who's gotten much worse uh, as a, she's basically a full blown crack addict at this point. Um, And the scene, you know, rolling him for money basically at one point. And the scene that I was talking about that was so beautiful that actually kind of had me in tears was when um, Chiron goes to Teresa's house and has dinner Mm -hmm. and, and Teresa kind of looks at him and, you know, he's got his head done. He's eating his food. And she just kind of looks at him and says, we don't do that in this house. We have pride in this house. We sit up. We look up. We have pride in right. this house. And I, I I, don't know why, but that moment, the, the, her saying that to him, I, I just, I guess it must be because of the way we've seen this kid being picked on. We've seen how bad it is for him at home, how isolated he is to have someone in his life who says something that affirming, that powerful, you know, just kind of just, it just, it, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Um, Agreed. I, and I, I just thought that was such a, it's such a tiny moment, but such a, such an important moment for that character. Um, and I think it's the mo it, it's, it's a reminder of it's, I think that those kinds of little details are the things that funnel into who he becomes as a character later on. And
0: beyond my nineteen four, my my prohibition yeah. cake analogy, <laughs> prohibition I will cake. say that these are the types of moments where boyhood fails me. Yeah, they don't I, exist there, which leads me to believe. And again, this might be fucking me being an asshole. <laughs> surprise! When have you surprise! Ever been an asshole, but like that says to me, gimmick came before story and before character because if it didn't those moments would have been in there in conjunction with the gimmick
1: Here, here's the thing and i know we're not talking about boyhood now, although i guess at this point this could be our boyhood review um sorry is, guys is, is that, <laughs> is that uh, boyhood review is just going to be us being like moonlight did it better yeah, moonlight's amazing go see moonlight <laughs> Kartik Singh, the person who requested our <laughs> Moonlight review, our uh, Boyhood review, you—we've kind of covered in this one. I'm sorry, buddy. Hopefully, we'll go into more detail. But um, the thing about Boyhood is, I think the the the. I don't want to call it the gimmick. I want to call it the mechanic of that film, which is like filming in... Gimmick's high, a harsh
0: know. word, but I think... But, but G- that's why I think it was made. No,
1: no. I, I genuinely think it's a mechanic of that film. And I think the filmmaker, you know, uh, Richard Linklater was trying to explore this idea of can we take a character through his life? And I think it's very hard to do. And 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 the, the shortcomings became apparent the further they went on. Yes. Um, whereas Moonlight, which is such a, a much more tightly contained constructed film doesn't fall into those pratfalls because they're they're basically allowed to give that they're you know they They put story above technique of telling the story differently right so i think i i genuinely think that you know like uh, boy boyhood is a film that was written it's basically like uh, laying the tracks down as the train is coming down, you know, coming down the the, the, the road, and, and it's like
0: the most boring improv you've ever
1: seen. <laughs> Let's not be too harsh on Boyhood. We're gonna have to talk about that, but but then but Moonlight is is where the entire you can see the forest from the trees. They they know exactly where they're hitting.
0: They crafted a masterpiece. They yeah. crafted a, a great film. Right. So there's a difference. So
1: <laughs> so then, uh, Chiron and Kevin have. This this wonderful moment where where Kevin basically uh, comes out to Chiron or on the or, beach. So
0: Chiron runs away from his mom, I think, after the rolling, after yeah. she tries to get all his money away. Yeah, from Yeah. And him. He sp- Teresa, he's sp- like, sp- Teresa gives you
1: money, blah, blah, blah. blah. He spends the night kind of uh, he goes to the catching beach. on, tra- you know, catching trains to and
0: go then, to the beach. Yeah. And then Kevin picks him up halfway. Well, Kevin's there. He's like, oh, this is my spot, too. Which yeah. I thought if I have one criticism of the movie. Right. It's the fact that Kevin was just there. I think it's a very small area but he took like, a bunch of trains like it was kind of far. like he went real far and the beach isn't that small i don't know that was again I'm, i don't know I'm, that area I'm but am picking like, the most nitty of nits right now right but but that was the moment where i was like okay convenience it <laughs> did but it doesn't take anything away from that moment so right. basically they have a um a very intimate moment. Kevin comes out. They have, uh, and Sharon and Kevin have a, a... A sexual encounter. Yeah, and they... you know the first sexual encounter of, for... Of at least Sharon's life. Definitely Sharon. not Kevin, because Kevin was seen with girls too.
1: Well, he describes being seen... He describes having sex with a girl, and then right. Sharon imagines it, like, while he's having a witch dream that's or something right, later that's, right, on. that's right, that's right, that's right, that's right. So, you know, there is this, this sexual encounter, and you can see that this sexual encounter... Means so much to Chiron because it's it's and
0: and Kevin in a weird way even though it breaks apart later down the line
1: yeah it it means so much because it's like the first time he's ever been able to express his sexuality you know like his sexuality that in this community that he lives in is so taunted so hidden so something that he can't you know like his mother he can't be yeah he, he can't be his mother even says to Juan at some point you know have you do you know why everyone uh, beats him up so much, you know, like, and, and, and when he's a little kid, he asks Juan, he's like, what's a faggot, you know? Right. like, And, and, and the answer is so good. The answer is it's a word people use to make gay people feel bad about themselves. Uh-huh. That's a, that's such a good answer for that question. Drug dealer, heart of gold. I know. Um, so so Kevin and Sharon have this moment and then it all goes wrong.
0: So uh, they drive back. They have a great sort of goodbye ish moment. Yeah. And then the next day at school, the bullies convince Kevin to beat up Sharon. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he doesn't fight. Chiron doesn't fight back. And he just gets pummeled by Kevin. Yeah. And then the last scene, I believe, of Chiron in Chiron's chapter is him with his face in the sink full of ice. No, no, no. What nope.
1: happens after that is- I'm wrong. You are. <laughs> never happened before. Nope. And uh,
0: never will happen again.
1: Chiron basically comes back to school the next day and he oh, slams- Oh, fuck. That's right. And he slams the bully in the back of the head with a chair. Yeah. Yep and then gets arrested and taken away. Yes,
0: that's right.
1: And and that's where that chapter ends. And it's what you know, the other tragedy of this movie happens in the next chapter which we're going to get into right now. And so what happens in the next chapter is uh Chiron is now he's taken on a nickname that he was given by Kevin when he was younger which was Black. Right? Like he was called like Kevin as a little yes, kid yes, called yes, him yes, Black. Yes, yes. And now that he's older he calls himself black. And what's happened is Chiron has gone to prison, come out of prison and become a drug dealer at much like his father Juan, figure. Juan. Yeah. And now, and, and, you know, older Chiron um, played by played by uh Travante Rhodes. Travante Rhodes. Again, amazing in this film. So fucking good. Is built like a brick shit house yeah. and and looks like 50 Cent in that first video. <laughs> um, um, so, so suddenly this scrawny. You know, sort of kid that looks like a, a, a stiff breeze would blow him over is, is now, now just jacked. this hulk of a man. Um, you know, this hulk of a beautiful man as, as well. Um, now running, you know, basically taking on the role that is that Juan did, and and um, older Kevin. Out of the blue, who's now a, a a chef, and he's played by one of my favorite like TV actors right now, Andre Holland, who is in the Nick, who's so good in the Nick. You love the Nick. Oh, the Nick is amazing. The the Nick is one of the best TV shows ever made. Um and uh, Andre Hall, uh, Kevin calls up, um, uh, calls up Sharon will black out of the blue and, uh, <laughs> I see what you did there. black out of the blue and moonlight, uh, black, uh, black men look blue. It's all, it's circular. It's, that's, that's what I'm doing. Time
0: flat circle. Love
1: it. <laughs> uh, calls up and says, and just to apologize, you know, like it's like what, 20 years later yeah. and he's kind of like, Hey, I just wanted to stop by. If you're ever, uh, you know, I'm a chef now working at a small diner. If you ever want to, you know. If you're ever down here, I want to cook for you. Uh, and it's like this... And and just imagine, like, this guy who's basically had his whole life be defined by that one moment, by two two moments... Two he, very
0: different moments from the same person. Yeah, two very
1: different moments from the same person to have that person suddenly call him, you know, and have... And and basically, you can see what's happened here is that his body is his armor now. Like, his, his you know, being jacked, being cut is right? his armor. He sees himself you know, like I built myself back up to be hard, you know, and that's, and you can see that that's what it is. You know, it's not, it's not just uh, he's, it's not just an actor trying to look jacked for the movie. It actually means something. Um, So I thought that, but here's the point I wanted to make earlier, which is that the, there's a conversation that happens with Kevin and um, Chiron later on. We'll, we'll talk about that specifically, but there's something about where they're talking about how they both got locked up and sent away. And the tragedy of the film is one of the tragedies that I was kind of thinking about was that how casually it was that they talked about being arrested, as though it was in a way inevitable. And if you look at if you look at a film like uh, Avi Duvarney's Thirteenth, you know the 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 the, the Thirteenth Amendment to the Constitution and and the way in which minorities particularly african american men are sent to prison more at, at a higher frequency right uh, that that kind of like little comment just kind of is heartbreaking to listen to because you 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 love these kids you know these kids are great they're just kids you know but they but they get taken to prison for things that you know, like not, you know, uh, to be, to be flat about it, white people could do right. and and not get taken to prison for. And, and there's something about them, the way they talk about that casually. These are two because guys. It's
0: just their life. Like that's yeah. all they know.
1: Yeah. It's all they know. You know, like, so what's happened is Kevin went to prison and that's where he went to become a chef and Chiron has gone to prison and that's where he became a drug dealer. Yeah. And, and there's just something, so casual, but it's the same way in which the Juan, the Marsha halla I'm saying his name differently every time, Ali, the the way in which his character gets killed off off screen. So, you know, like we, it's it's just kind of this passing thing. It's like, this is the lives of people in this community. You know, people die, people go to prison, you know, and and that's a, that's kind of,
0: the film does a great job (laughs) at calling attention to not only the ins- the instances, but the fact that the instances are so benign in yeah, these ins- characters' lives. incidental. And it's something that when you step back and look at it, you're like, this is fucked up. Like, beyond what's happening to the characters, just the way that they talk about these awful things that shouldn't happen to people on a regular basis... You're 100% right. right. Again, it's the small moments between the cracks that that really fill in this movie's like greatness, I think. Right. And
1: so this third act basically has two main uh, scenes. One is where uh, uh, Chiron Black is, is reconciling with his mother. Reconciling. Reconciling with his mother in some way. Um, she has now gone into rehab and is basically trying to keep her head above water. And she says this lovely thing to him, which is that... You have no reason to love me anymore, but I want you to know that I will always love you. And I understand that you won't, that if you don't want to love me. Right. But, but I just want you to know, no matter what, I will always love you. And again, that's, I mean, that's just thinking about that scene hits me like a ton of breaks. That's kind of a, a I just had no empathy for the mother, but I'm a cold fuck. So I, I, yeah. Um, you are a cold-hearted man, um, but but I I love that scene. I thought it was so well love done. Love the actress. Uh, yes, Naomi Harris, very mm-hmm. good. Um, you might uh, remember her from Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, she's or, been in a bunch of stuff. She's been in a bunch of things. Uh, very good in this movie. She obviously has the kind of biggest um, dramatic role. You know, like a lot of crying, a lot of like shrieking and that sort of thing. But she's very good in it, and mm-hmm. it's very well done. And then the 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 center I. I I think it's the centerpiece of this movie. It's is all the, the diner stuff. The diner stuff, and here's the thing: I know it's weird to say it out loud. I'm a heterosexual man. You're a heterosexual man. We, you know, like we have no qualifications to talk about the to talk about the intimacy of that scene. But that scene was so sexy to me. It's so weird to say that. Sure, no, it no, no, because you can see sexy because scene. you
0: can see, and this is why. I, I don't know. I think I feel again. I feel like anyone should feel comfortable talking mm. about this with any, any, any yeah, like it. I, I, I feel about bad for having to like preface it. No, that way. and I get what you did. But like, what I'm saying is like the, again, mm. testament to the fucking film. Mm. These are two characters. You can tell like care so much about each other, even though they haven't seen each other for 20 years and there's tension and mm. there's, there's this, there's, there's so much sort of unsaid in history and mm. things and it's powerful and it's palpable and it's, It just feels real because no matter what your sexual orientation is, no matter what it is, most likely everybody has had that moment. Yeah. And, or at least, at least one in your life. Yeah. And so when you can see that, no matter who the two people are, and you can be like, fuck, like that is 100% relatable because the way the camera's moving and the score and the actors and the script, like it's all coming together to feel so real to you and powerful, then that's something that's special. Again, something that boyhood never did.
1: Okay, I, I, wanted, I want to get away from the boyhood thing because I think... Me too. I think, I think you're kind of breaking it down in a way that makes it feel mechanical. The thing about Boyhood's it... mechanical. This
0: is not mechanical.
1: <laughs> no, The yeah, the thing about this is that this scene... It, it is the summation of everything we've seen
0: before. Yes,
1: and and it's, and it's, and it's a centerpiece that's built around conversation and like little nuanced moments.
0: Because there's no like super sexy moment. Like no. until like, well, the very, uh, no, we'll see. Here's the thing. No, it's, it's not. I, I just, I thought it's just powerful. It's, it's emotional.
1: It's powerful. And I think it is genuinely sexy in this weird way. So like the scene where, where Kevin goes to cook Sharon a meal. Yes and then he like and so and the film really goes to a, 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 a this this final scene it probably lasts like 25 30 minutes
0: yeah it's a long part it's of it it's it's
1: a long but it
0: is like it's great you never get bored of it which Ooh. is which is another testament <laughs> you don't get bored about this fucking scene where one dude is cooking another dude food and they talk and they talk and that's
1: the centerpiece of this movie and that that's kind of why i'm thinking like more like this is the film we did we need right now you know like it's not but, it's not an action i wish people i wish people
0: could just get the fuck over themselves and like watch this and understand it from a human perspective <laughs> as opposed to like putting up a trillion fucking defenses because <laughs> that's that's the problem and again that's that's the issue like this this is probably one of the most easily relatable scenes in cinema but people will actively fight against it because they're stupid. <laughs> I I don't want to make
1: a presumption about people ah, watching the film. I just want to say I do. that I think the film is crafted so beautiful. And the, the, again, uh, what I loved about it was the little details that happened in that scene. And that's, that to me is a testament to the writing. And the reason why this scene was sexy is because of all those little details. So the little details include, Kevin basically making this, I, I want to say like this meal looked delicious. It was like this grilled fish tilapia Cuban dish or something sure. like that. And then with, with black beans or something and he brings it back to the table and you can, you can tell when Kevin was making this meal, he was putting everything he had into like, you know, but it was, it wasn't like he was trying hard. It was effortless for him, but he wanted, he was like mm-hmm. making he was making a meal filled with love, sure, and he handed it to him. And like, here, that's the mm-hmm, secret ingredient. That's the secret ingredient to every meal. Um, and and then he hands it to, to Chiron, and Chiron has these like gold fronts, you know, and he takes them out very gently yeah. and puts them to one side, and he kind of slowly. And black. Eats, he's called Black now. Black now, and and you know, and like Kevin's looking at him. You know, he is not the kid he knew before. Right. He's his muscle bound hulk now. And he's like, Who are you? You know, you're just not what I expected mm-hmm. And he's like, What do you expect? And and it's just this it reminds me of one of my favorite, I, I think one of the, the other sexiest scenes in, in film that I can think of is a scene from uh, um, Steven Soderbergh's movie, Out of Sight, with uh, George Clooney and Jennifer Lopez. And there's a scene where basically they sit across the table at each other and they have a conversation about how they really shouldn't be at the table with each other, but they're there. And and that to me is a super, super sexy scene. Um, it's intercut with them actually having sex later on, but but... This, but but the thing is, is that the there's nothing. Let's talk about more sex scenes while we're on the couch. I I listen. I'm I'm. I think we talked about this in two episodes ago. Where I think there needs to be more sex scenes and gratuitous sex scenes in movies. I I think that's. We talked about this. Yeah, we. I I can't remember which film we were talking about. Uh, I think it was The Devils actually. Uh, where we were talking about. I I am a firm believer that 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 there needs to be more gratuitous sex scenes in movies because I think we don't spend enough time thinking about sex as a normal human to interaction in cinema. We tend to think about violence as a normal human interaction. I in remember cinema, the conversation. Now, yes. Okay. Um, so, so again, that, you know, like if, if you know me and that's my thinking about, about the way in which, film should deal with human emotions you know why this scene was so was so good to me you know like why why i just loved this scene so much uh and this is the kind of film that has like you know like it has this very distinct three chapter structure and then the final chapter almost breaks into real time sure and it's, it's a film that can just do that effortlessly.
0: So, yeah. And so it, it does. It sort of transcends its own sort of structure in a weird way. So then the film ends. Well, there's the final, just the final revelation. Yeah, yeah. That's what
1: I'm saying. The the revelation is is that is that Chiron has never had another sexual encounter. Other than Kevin on the beach. Other than Kevin on the beach. And he, you know, like he says this thing to him, which is like... You're the only person that's ever touched me. I've never let anyone touch me since. And that's why I'm here. And you can see, you can see the 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 dilemma that that Chiron has here, which is that Chiron has basically built himself, you know, he says the line, I built myself up to be hard. Yeah. And he's gonna be forced to let down his guard. And the whole dinner and going to the, you know, going to the restaurant and driving and right, sitting right, with right. him is basically being him evaluating whether he should let down his guard, you know, because he's not vulnerable anymore. He's not a, he's not a weak person. He, he is, he is the strong one in this scene. Right. Whereas Kevin has been previously. So that, that change I think is just, it's so fascinating and it's so well done. And it's kind of, I, I can't think of a film that like recently that has this kind of like Profound transformation of a character.
0: Neither can I. <laughs>
1: um, so I, you know, I ate it up. I just, uh, you know, I again, I walked and it ends with the beautiful moment where they basically almost recreate the moment at the beach, right? Um, which is where the title of the movie comes from. Um, I just thought this film was gorgeous. I'm borrowing a line from Alex from A Clockwork Orange and saying it's gorgeous and gorgeousity defined. Uh, everyone should see this movie. It is without a doubt. It's, I'm going to be very hard pressed not to have this on the top of my, uh, your Does year in review, which my, I guess is coming up in, yeah, the, in yeah. a, a, in a couple, months, yeah, in a month or my, so. I'm, it's going to be very hard for this not to be number one. I, I can think of a film that
0: might take its title, but... Um, Doctor Strange, next <laughs> week. Um, <laughs> but yeah, okay. Well, I mean, so final thought. I mean, that is your final thought, really, right? Gorgeous and it's gorgiosity. Yeah, it's... I, I just think this is... Uh,
1: uh, look, I will, I will go see this in the movies again. I will buy it on Blu-ray. I will watch it again. I will show it to anyone I can. I think this is a, yeah. a profoundly beautiful it's phenomenal, film.
0: And yeah. I agree. Everyone should go see it. I think, uh, I think, I think one of the reasons I'm so hard on boyhood is this is everything I wanted <laughs> boyhood to be. But this is not a review about boyhood. I know. But what I'm saying is like this, this is, this movie feels important. This food movie feels like needed and crafted incredibly well. And I really enjoyed it. Uh, I do wish it's getting, I'm glad it's picking up a little bit of steam, right? but uh, it definitely would, needs more eyeballs on it.
1: I would be, I will be very disappointed if it doesn't get nominated for a lot of Oscars, but I, but the cynical side of me will not be surprised. I don't think it will because I, I think people it be. are
0: stupid. Uh, anyway, uh, Shahir, when you're not trying to make me not talk about boyhood, where yeah. can people folks find you? People,
1: folks, can find me at shahirdowd.com. That's S-H-A-H-I-R-D-A-U-D.com. For a special treat, what I'm going to do, uh, I think, on our Facebook page oh, this week okay. is, is I will put up uh, at my wedding, we had a little video playing of my favorite scenes in movies while we had our first dance, accompanying the song that we're going to this, end this podcast with. And if listeners will watch that and they could identify every single film that's in that in that little montage, which a friend of mine, Andrew Bertel cut, uh, and he did a wonderful job on it, uh, I will get, I will grant, I will will give to uh, listeners two free movie tickets this week. Oh, wow. All right. Try that out. I'll put it up. Uh, it'll be on our Facebook page, Only Movie Podcast uh, on Facebook. You can also hit us up uh, if you want to get a direct link to it. I guess email us at OnlyMoviePodcast at gmail.com or uh, try, hit us up on Twitter at OnlyMoviePod.
0: Gee, where, where can, can we... folks find you matt thank you shahir <laughs> yeah. that was so nice of you to toss to me right after you pitched yourself for a minute and a half uh <laughs> <So> <laughs> you can bitter. find me at emperor msk on twitter uh skeletor the number four prez on instagram and all my life and works at matthewkroll.com uh guys this has been the only podcast about moonlight and i wish there were more
1: i wish i i I look. I I wish more movies were like this. I wish uh, every time we went to the movies, it was the experience was just like this. Now, obviously, you can't have too much of a good thing, but. Uh Cake. But it's boy. back to my cake analogy. Yeah. You, what is it? The prohibition roller. The prohibition coaster? roller coaster cake. I uh, have never heard that expression. I don't in think my it's life. ever been <laughs> spoken. Uh,
0: and uh, there, there are cake cakes. Was. There are cakes at weddings. I'm bringing it in. I'm trying to close yeah, it. up. Really, just go for it. And now, so I'm gonna picture. I'm not gonna watch that video because I can't win the tickets. I'm in <laughs> this thing. Uh, I'm just gonna picture that it was a 1940s <laughs> prohibition <laughs> prohibition cake. roller coaster. Inside
1: cake. the cake was just like toothpicks and, and rice cake and rice and, and the occasional mouse. I mean that's <laughs> that's
0: that was my wedding. <laughs> guys, we'll see you next week for Doctor Strange. Hopefully in our our home country. That is true. All right guys, we'll see you then. Bye. Bye.